everybody, and welcome in to Yelling from the Couch. I'm Brent Humphreys. This week, I am joined with Gene's Got Picks. Gene, how you doing this week? Hey, man, I'm doing great. I'm, I'm thankful to be back on the pod. Yeah, uh, I think we had a good one uh, the week before last. Uh, pretty good time, and uh, have another good one this week, we say. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. Yeah, uh, for uh, kind of a slow uh, time of the year, you know, right that lull right before football season, there's uh, been quite a bit going on this week. Yeah, a lot of camp talk. Uh, I've been seeing a bunch of joint practices and, and fights going on. That has been kind of keeping me uh, above float since, uh, like I said, we've, we've been having this lull of really just watching backups in preseason. Yeah. Uh, well, so we'll, we'll go ahead and get started uh, with our uh, best thing I saw from last week and then the worst thing. So uh, if you want to start with your best, you can go ahead. My best thing I saw from last week, I'm going to have to start out with my Rangers. Um, the, the, the winning streak has ended, but we, we had an eight-game winning streak. We was going off for a while. Um, the A's ended it. Um, they shut us out. That, that did. All right, you're back. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, um, I don't know where we left off at exactly. I, I I'll just go back from uh, where I was going. Uh, the Rangers have on their eight-game win streak. That's probably been the best thing as far uh, going for me as far as last week. Um, you know, seeing the boys buy in. We, we brought in new talent. You always don't know how they're going to respond with new guys in the locker room and. You know, seeing them go on an eight-game win streak. Um, after that, uh, take a series against San Francisco, and then also take a series against the Angels. That's the best thing I've seen last week. Yeah, it's uh, they've been on a pretty good roll here, and uh, I know this coming weekend they play the Brewers, and I I need a Rangers sweep uh, for <laughs> for my Reds' sake. You know, <laughs> hey, we're gonna try to do the best we can. Yeah, I hope they can get it done because the Reds are they're hanging in there. Uh, although they're you know they haven't played their best since the break, but they're still just two games back. Uh, the Dodgers helped out with the sweep of the Brewers, and uh, hopefully the Rangers can do the same this weekend for them. Yeah, like uh, I said last time I was on the pod, I, I still think the Cincinnati Reds offense, if they if they can get it rolling. I think they can outplay the uh, the pitching that you may have to throw out there sometimes, but they they have to they have to kind of get it going now because we're getting into the uh, in, into late August and then September's right around the corner. It's, you can't have you know uh, losing series against teams that's beneath you. You got to take some of those games that they've been losing. Absolutely, and this weekend they've got the the Blue Jays, which is a a pretty good team out of the, the East in the American League. Uh, but hopefully they could take at least two or three from them and kind of get that momentum back up and going. Yeah, I think definitely if you beat the Blue Jays, that would be the momentum you would need to get everybody clicking again because Blue Jays are a playoff, a playoff team, you know. So that was yes. definitely a series to, to get right. Yeah. But my best, uh, actually – 
there hasn't been a whole lot of bests this week for me, like with my teams or anything like that. So I'm going to go back. I for, failed to mention it on the podcast last week. It, but uh, Michael Lorenzen, former Red, throwing that no hitter. Uh, oh, yeah. He used to, he was a fan favorite for the Reds here for forever. Uh, he played a little bit of outfield. Uh, played he was mostly a relief pitcher, and then the Reds traded him off uh, to the the Angels, and then he went to the Tigers. Made the All Star team this year with a losing yeah. record, but he goes to Philadelphia and throws a no hitter in front of his family, which was awesome to see. So that would probably be my best of the week. If I you know I'm kind of cheating a little bit there because I failed to mention it last week, so. That was my best. Him hitting the no hitter, that was pretty impressive. I'm, I'm actually excited to see how the Phillies play down the stretch because they're another team that bought in, and it seemed like the boys are, uh, are ready to make that final push. I think they had brought up a guy from the minors. I saw a story where he, he was in the minors for like seven years in his first at bat. He had a home run. Like, yeah, those are I saw the that. <laughs> for your team to kind of make that final push in the season. Yeah. But, uh, so, uh, I'll go on with my worst thing I saw of the week is actually none of my sports teams again, although I could throw the Reds out there again because of their struggles, but I won't go there this time. It is actually last night I was watching preseason football, mm-hmm. the Browns and the, and the Eagles, almost said the Phillies. And uh, Tyree Cleveland, wide receiver for the Eagles, goes after a pass, comes down on his neck, and is carted off afterwards. You hate to see that. Uh, you see, we see it too often here recently, especially in the NFL. Uh, neck injuries, head injuries. Uh, you know, Hamlin last year pretty much died on the field and was brought back. Yeah. But that, that's, you know, you hate always hate to see that. I know Philadelphia is a big, you know, a big rivalry of you, your team, and Cleveland's a big rivalry of my team. But all that aside, you know, you just hope this kid can come back from it. He was, like, on the verge of making the roster. Like, he wasn't guaranteed a spot. And, you know, he was right there. He played good the first week, and then this happens to him. You just feel bad for the kid. Yeah, like you said, um, you know, outside of rivalries, like, at the end of the day, these are – human beings and, and real uh, life situations that they have to go through. You know, you're, the last thing I want to see is a neck injury and having to be carted off. You know, there's so many questions, you know, that you have to go through your mind if maybe if they can walk again one day. So, and that's definitely something you don't want to see, regardless if they're your rival or, you know, if there's just a, a team that you don't even care about, you know, you want to see everybody able to go home to their family and, and, and friends and just enjoy the next day of just life. Absolutely. Um, I'm going to get into my worst thing I saw. Don't be mad at me. We talked okay. about this last We talked about it last time. The Bengals backup QB situation. Oh, I watched a little yeah. bit of the game when they played the Packers. And it is preseason, so I really don't care about the final score, even though it wasn't pretty. No. But when you have both guys who's fighting for the spot, who's fighting for the the backup QB spot, and I think both guys can make the roster, I think with the new rule, that 
you can have three quarterbacks on the roster and the third one don't really count against you. But the guys got to separate. We got to figure out who is QB2. And neither one of these guys are separated from each other. Definitely throwing, both throwing interceptions in the game. Like, that is a still big question mark I have for the Bengals. Knowing that Joe Burrow could maybe miss one or two games, or you may want to sit Joe Burrow one or two games if you have a great uh, record late into December and January, you may want to sit him a game and and just you know let your backup quarterback you know get your win or just you know show that he can play the game of football. Trevor Simeon and Browning, I mean these guys are not showing me at all that they have it at this level. I mean, they're showing me that they're XFL quarterbacks at best right now. That's the worst thing I've seen last week. Um, so the next thing, uh, we'll go back to the Reds here right quick. Uh, the Reds split the series with the Guardians. Uh, on that day, they also designated for assignment Luke Weaver. Long time coming. <laughs> this guy had like 11-something ERA. The Reds would always score when he pitched. But he needed to go, and Hunter Green's coming back, so he will take his place, which hopefully he stays healthy. Because if he's healthy, that's an arm that the Reds much needed for the rest of this season into the playoff push. So I wasn't um, following much of Luca Weaver's situation. What did he injure exactly? Uh, he, he didn't injure anything. They just got rid of him. Oh, he hit just so bad. Wow, okay. That, yeah. That's how out, out of – okay, so I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. They they, they did it uh, – I think they made the announcement. Hey. Hey, I'm back. All right. So, yeah, I think I was talking about Hunter Green will be back and – the Reds making a playoff push with the arm, and that's the reason why you didn't make a trade at the deadline uh, was because you know you had him and Nick Lodolo coming back. So we'll see if that works out for him. Uh, like I said, they DFA'd Weaver, which was a good thing for all Reds fans <laughs> watching. <laughs> but you said, if I remember correctly, you said he had an 11 ERA? Yeah, well, uh, that was like – there was a crazy stat earlier in the season, like uh, the Reds were nine and one in his last twelve starts, and he had like an eleven something ERA in those starts. Man, so yeah, yeah. <laughs> that is a problem. But at the same time, like your offense is so electric that they can pick up his weight. But man, a, a nine and one record with a eleven ERA is. Pretty bad and for him to just now be BFA. Oh man, like, that is so. So Nicola Dolo's coming back, right? And Hunter Green is around the corner. So what does the rotation probably look like? Maybe at beginning of September. I think you said Hunter Green will be back around September. So have you, uh, your guy Ezekiel Elliott? Signed with the New England Patriots this past week. Yeah. <sighs> Man, that is uh, – doesn't feel right seeing him 
Uh, he, he cut his hair. He changed his number. I, I hope the best. Don't get me wrong. I hope the best. Truly physique. But it just does not feel right seeing him uh, as a Patriot. The only thing I would say that's okay, I'm okay with it is that he's in the AFC. So it would have been really bad if he would have went to the Eagles or the Giants or, you know, the Commanders. But um, it's going to be, it's gonna be pretty uh, exciting to see how he play in the uh, Bill Belichick system rather than, I guess you could say, the Kellen Moore, Mike McCarthy system. Oh, okay. My bad. I, it went out or something there for a second. Oh. Uh, yeah, Anyways. I, I was just- I was just saying uh, on it's going to be pretty exciting to see how Zeke plays different in the different systems. Yeah, I, I assume he'll be in a backup role with the Patriots. They've got the Ramondre Stevenson. I, I say he's probably going to be the starter. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll be interesting to see how Zeke fits in with that system. That is a tough division as well. With uh, oh. yeah, and you know, so. so in that division, Dalvin Cook signs with the Jets this past week as well, which yeah. that's been coming for a few weeks now. Rodgers took yeah. a pay cut in order to pay some more players, and Dalvin Cook is one of the free agents that they go after there. How do you yeah, think, think he'll he, fit in with the Jets? Didn't he count for a little bit just watching and, and trying to, uh, you know, basically get some camera time for the media and stuff like that? Yeah, I, I believe so, yeah. Uh, I think it's going to be a good fit. They have a, a basically a three-headed monster because Bruce Hall, we all know how great he is before the injury and all that. But Michael Carter was also a pretty serviceable, serviceable back last time he was out. So it's, it's yep. going to be pretty interesting how they split the carries, how they also feed their receivers. Like it's, it's going to be interesting to see how the uh, – Cook and how he's going to fit in with uh, the Jets. Is Brees Hall still out? From what I heard, he was activated as soon as Davin Cook had been signed. So I don't know if they're going to necessarily play in week one, but I did hear that he's going to be activated. It's going to be interesting to see how they feed the ball to the to their playmakers because uh, you know, you have three very good running backs, I think, and um, you have a receiving core that's been upgraded, you know, let alone with just Rodgers being in the building. It was, it was the biggest upgrade for him. So it's going to be pretty yeah. interesting for the Jets and seeing how they uh, how they basically share the ball. Yeah, they've got a lot of weapons there, but the main thing with the Jets, it, have you watched any of the hard knocks? Uh, this year, I have not. I've I've seen like clips and stuff from Twitter, but I haven't sat down and just watched the episode yet. So I, I love Hard Knocks. I just it's just where you can sit there and you can watch a team through training camp and the growing pains and the you know fighting and all that stuff. But in yeah. the second episode, they were talking about the defense, how great the defense was last year. Yeah, I got you now. Yeah, I was talking about the offensive line. Yeah, the offensive line has uh, been a big question mark. I think that's one of the only question marks on the team. 
because you know you have it at quarterback, you know you have running backs, you know you have receivers. And then you know about defense last year, uh, you know, could have gave, gave them a playoff run if they had a serviceable quarterback. So the O-line right now is the biggest question mark. I've been seeing them uh, kind of tease and um, and say that Bakhtiari from the Packers would, uh, would be a, a trade target for them. But, I, I mean, let's be honest. The Packers already sent Aaron Rodgers to the Jets. I doubt they're going to send their star left tackle to the Jets as well. That would be terrible business. So yeah. <laughs> I, I have a big question mark on the O-line, but at the same time, when you have Aaron Rodgers, you almost yes. have to have toddlers blocking for him to have a problem. Yeah, well, uh, there was a report earlier in this week they were practicing with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and – Apparently, they got to Rodgers like 11 times in the practice. Man. And the very next day, the Buccaneers because of that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I can't wait to see Hard Knocks next week to see how that went down. Yeah, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of uh, getting to those O-linemen here and letting them know something about themselves. If, if you're letting your quarterback get pressured 11 times in practice, that's the problem. The preseason top 25, you said? Yeah, have you seen have you seen the rankings that came out for college football? Right? Yes, college football. I have not seen it. Yet. I hope. I don't think we spoke about this last time. Our college team is Texas, so yeah. we have been we have been the laughing stock of college football for a while. I hope that we're in the top twenty five. I haven't seen it. Texas rolls in at number eleven. Mm, okay. Uh, Georgia is number one, Michigan two, Ohio State three, Alabama four, LSU five. Okay. LSU at number five. Mm-hmm. Uh, they had a great recruiting class because LSU didn't have the best year last year. They – I can't remember. They beat Alabama last year, right, with Brian – because Brian Kelly's first year. Yeah, and it was a big thing that he had, he had beat yeah. Alabama. I think they beat Bama, and then, like, they lost to Tennessee or something like that, and, like, all their momentum was gone. They did make the SEC championship, and Georgia beat them. Uh, but, yeah, I don't know if I would have them in the top five this year. Yeah, top five was, like, that was a shocker to hear. So, I, I know you're a Kentucky guy. And yes. I'm, I'm and they're not in this preseason top 25. How do you feel, though? about the season, do you think you will exceed just the make it to a bowl game expectation or how do we how do we feel about Kentucky? Well so I've I've went through the schedule here several times. I think that if Devin Leary comes in and can live up to the hype because he was a projected first round pick before the beginning of last season before mm-hmm. he got hurt. So this is a as crazy as may sound, this is a possible upgrade over a Will Levis. Plus, they've got two star receivers that are going to be true sophomores that balled out last year as freshmen. If they can play up to that, and the defense has like almost everybody back, I could see them winning eight or nine games. Okay. Now that's you know that's on the top end in my expectations would be nine. Now, say he is a is a is a killer of a of a conference to go through. Like you know you're. 
you you would think a team like you know Vanderbilt, you know, are just pushovers, but in the Big Twelve, they they can mess around and win it. Like you know, SEC is just that tough of a division of a conference. Yeah, and it's only going to get tougher next year. Is your you know your Longhorns and Oklahoma comes into the conference, and it's just going to be brutal, yeah. start to finish. <laughs> Yeah, when Texas had announced that they was going to be SEC, part of me was excited because you need to be in that type of conference for recruiting because everybody knows that SEC kind of builds NFL players that you will see. So, you know, it it was exciting, but, man, we – I mean, Texas struggled to make it out of Big 12, you know. So, yeah, Oklahoma, they have the pedigree – of being good, they they haven't been the best lately, but they they have the pedigree of being good, and so now you add that into the fire, it's gonna be pretty interesting on how you know teams adjust because the guys in the SEC to me just look bigger and faster than any other conference in the NCAA. Oh, it's a it's a feeder system for the NFL. It's like the minor leagues. SEC is yeah. football. Uh, but you, is uh, Arch Manning or Quinn Ewers starting for uh, Texas this year? So, when I was watching the uh, spring football game, Quinn Ewers had all the number one reps, rightfully so. Uh, yeah. Arch Manning is gonna it's gonna take some time because he got to develop the you know he has all the tangibles of being a great quarterback. But he just has to develop the reading and understanding what he's seeing sometimes. He struggled a lot uh, in the in the spring game trying to decide where he needed to throw the ball and when he needed to throw it. So, Quinn Ewers, uh, you know, last year, if, if he didn't get hurt in that Bama game, we, I'm not going to necessarily say we would have won, but we he would have gave us a way better shot. And uh, I'm excited to see what he do this year. This is probably going to be his last year with us because I would think Arch, you know, has to take the reins the next year. So I'm excited to see how he plays. And uh, we see, I think, that like two, I think. So it's going to be pretty interesting to see how these boys react early in the year. Well, I, I think it, it'd probably be a good idea, even if Arch Manning is close to being ready, I would set him this year and get him prepared for that SEC next year if he's going to be the starter. There's no need to throw him out there, you know, this year, especially when you got Quinn Ewers, who, like you said, if he didn't get hurt, I believe they would have beat Bama last year. Bama had, what, a last-second field goal to win that game? There was a lot going on in that game. It was a uh, flag. We should have had a safety. It was a flag for roughing the passer for a sack. Like, it was a bunch of mess going on in that game. But, you know, you, you kind of just – that's part of the game. You got to play with the ref. So, yeah. you know, it, what it, it, it was a situation that you just had to brush off your shoulder and move on. But uh, Quinn Ewers, I am – I have high expectations. I don't. I won't just say he's going to be a Heisman candidate, but I think he should throw for a lot of yards in this offense. We have a lot of uh, targets for him in the receiving room. You know, it, it should be a year that he finally breaks out. He hasn't done that yet. I mean, he had moments last year, but he hasn't really showed he's here 
in the college football atmosphere. Right. And maybe he'll get that chance this year, staying healthy and everything. Uh, Definitely. So, so tonight, the Bengals play, play the Falcons at Atlanta. The thing that I'm looking most forward to seeing tonight is the with the Bengals' defense, if they play any of their starters, how a potentially great rookie running back does against them. And B. John Robinson, I know you know all about him. Oh, yeah. I just want to see how that defense can do against them. Yeah, uh, I I will hope you guys play the starters because that's what I enjoy, at least for the first two series maybe. You know, let the starters get in there, you know, you know and, and get some hits and, and kind of get their feet under themselves before the season starts. I'm not too sure if they're going to throw B. John out there. I would hope as well that he gets some, um, you know, some carries. But I understand, you know, with, like you said earlier in the pod, you know, guys get hurt and kind of don't want to deal with that before the season starts. So I, I, that's going to be a definite game. I tune in for the first quarter to see uh, see how the boys are playing. You, uh, your Cowboys and the Seahawks? Yeah, that, anything uh, you're looking for in that one? Not necessarily, because if we're not gonna play our starters, which they showed that they're they're not gonna play anybody in the preseason. Um, yeah. I'm mainly just looking forward to see how Deuce Vaughn played because man, he is electric. Like the guy gets on the field and he is making people miss. He is very undersized. And I still do fear if a guy meets him in the hole clean and get a good get a good hit on him, how would he respond? But he uh, he was making a lot of people miss last game, so that's gonna be the main thing I'm looking out for. Um, as, as as well as our defense, I think our defense is kind of the show now for Dallas, which is kind of shocking to say. Um, you know, our defense is gonna have to carry us throughout the year um, because, you know, we got a basically a whole new, not a necessarily a whole new offense, but new new tendencies in our offense with Mike McCarthy, you know, calling plays. So I don't really know how that's going to be. But um, I'm mainly going to be excited to watch Deuce Vaughn in that Seahawks game. Uh, you, you alluded to it earlier, speaking of the defense, uh, and we talked about, you were talking about training camp fights. I did notice Micah Parsons got into a little scuffle with the lineman earlier in the week. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's kind of mixed emotions on that because I feel like every every fan wants to see their team, you know, show that fight, show that feisty energy. But, you, you know, you don't want your guys to get hurt because we would have got news a few hours later that Micah Parsons broke his hand and, you yeah. know, that – the whole fighting situation would have been pointless because I, I now I don't care about the whole feisty energy if we don't have you for you know four to six weeks like so I, it's, it's a mixed emotion on that I love the energy but we kind of gotta you know keep it in between the whistle that's my thing you know you can you can have that raw raw feisty you know you know guys getting that after it but keep it between the whistle because you don't want Definitely with the season creeping up like it is, you don't want guys out for four to six weeks over something petty. Yeah, and especially like 
my thing is all the time I see these training camp fights, why are you punching somebody in the head that already has a helmet? That's only going to damage you more than it's going to damage them. You know what I mean? Yeah, it doesn't even make sense. I, I know a lot of them are not wearing the, uh, you know, the little soft cap on the, Yeah, so, I mean, but still, like, you're hitting your hand on a helmet. You're not right. doing anything to hurt the guy, you know, like. You're doing it to yourself. It's I've always like why why are we doing this? Yeah, go ahead. You're gonna risk breaking fingers over a guy pushing late in practice. Like, come on, man. And, and if you're gonna do, I mean, if you're gonna do it, do it like Miles Garrett did. At least take the helmet off and swing it. You know. <laughs> <laughs> it's dangerous uh, for everybody, but you're not going to break your hand. <laughs> that moment was crazy. I cannot lie. That was a a moment in history that would never be forgotten. To take a man's helmet off and use it against them is probably <laughs> one of the craziest things I've seen on a football field. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I'm a Browns hater. I'm a Steelers hater. So I just love seeing them two fight each other. <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a moment definitely oh man but uh yeah so uh the other thing i saw this week uh the blind side you've seen that right yes i have you heard the story about the the michael orr story right yeah that's pretty sad it's, it's sad uh it really is uh yeah uh you know he was thought he was adopted and he wasn't apparently and the, the family made millions of dollars off of that movie and he made like nothing it's yeah, really sad I, I don't understand how that happens because yeah you yeah you know you think the family adopts you right but i mean I, i'm gonna be honest if a movie is about me i need to see some type of dollar amount <laughs> at the end of the day that is that's that's crazy. They made what maybe that oh, movie three hundred million. Yeah, I'm about to say that movie did numbers. Like they didn't. It wasn't just some Netflix movie shipped out next week. Like no. that was in the theaters for months. Oh, so, it's blockbuster. Yeah, like how do you let that happen? I don't know if if um if the parents was necessarily like his agents early on in his career when he was you know just getting into the league, but I would think whoever is running my financials or whoever is like my lawyer or something would figure out this information for me a lot earlier oh, wow. uh, in in my career because what, Michael Orr has been retired for a while now. Yeah. Like, if if somebody's coming up and they're like, hey, we're going to make a movie on your life story, you're like, cool. What kind of cut am I getting off of this, you know? <laughs> Yeah, I'm, I'm sorry to say, that might be my first question. <laughs> yeah, and if they're like, uh, nothing, I'm like, well, uh, you're not making the movie because I'm going to get a cut of this if it's going to be about my life story. Yeah. It's just, it's sad. Uh, you know, he played like eight seasons. He played for the Ravens, and then he, mm -hmm. I think he went to Carolina and played a couple of years. But, yeah, it's just, it's sad yeah. seeing people take advantage of people. A family that brought you in, you know, when you're basically at your lowest as a child, 
Um, would like put you in a situation like that? Like they basically went behind his back on all this information, and yep. and capitalized. Like they put they had like that movie wasn't just like some you know pushover. Like I said, you know, put into Netflix next week. Like they had Sandra Bullock as oh, one of the lead roles on that movie. Like she won an Oscar award for that role. Yeah, like how do you how do you like how do you let that happen, man? Like three hundred million and don't see a penny would have me hot. Like that would be devastating on how like you can't you can't really go back, uh like have fix that relationship. That is like everything seems like a lie. Like did you bring me in because you saw me as your child? Or did you yeah. bring me because you saw me as a, a literal Yeah. And and it's looking more like it's the lottery ticket, you know, thing. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, we'll get this, you know, nice young stud of a football player and he's going to make millions and we'll get this movie made because, you know, he didn't have anything and we brought him in and we'll make money and, you know, we'll cut him out. That's the way it seems, you know, and it's, it's just a – a bad situation there. And I don't know. Yeah, it's a terrible situation. Uh, hopefully, he gets some justice for it, or you know, gets a little something out of it. At least a cut of that. Yeah, I don't know all the legal and how that works, but I would definitely at least you know <laughs> at least start with fifty million. Like you owe me at least fifty million of that three hundred. It's yeah. a story of my life. Right. Like the the scenes in that movie, like are tear jerkers. Like it's not some, you know, up and on. Like towards the end, it's up in arms and good, good energy and good vibes. But throughout yeah. the movie, there are some very down times for for a teenager. You know, you know, it, it's it's not something you do to a guy that you call your child or you or you looked at at a point as as your child. That's a very backstabbing move. Yeah, it's, you know, it's like at the end, like you said, it's a feel-good moment and everything, and the movie makes you feel good after watching it, but the, the whole situation now, the backstory, you know, I can never watch the movie again without thinking, you know, well, they brought this guy in, this child in, and what they've done to him, you know, you couldn't sit there. Yeah, I'm sure there. Oh, okay. Have you seen that Saturday Night Live skit with Peyton Manning in the blind side? <laughs> no, I didn't catch that one. Well, it was like right after the movie came out, and Sandra Bullock's like driving down the road. She's like, get in the car. Peyton Manning's like, excuse me? She's like, I said, get in the car. Oh, yeah. You're okay. Going, yeah. You're going... <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> yeah. She's like, you're going home with me? And he's like, okay, whatever. And then he's like hiding behind the couch, and she's like yelling for him. He's like, then he's calling Eli, and he's like, Eli, this is serious. This woman's crazy. Come and, <laughs> come and help me. And she keeps, she keeps calling me Michael for some reason. It's just – it was hilarious. It, you know, I'd forgotten all about that until it was brought back up after this, you know, kind of a funny thing there. It kind of funny in a way, but kind of like, well, maybe this was – a little bit of truth. <laughs> you know. Yeah, every and every joke is a little bit of of, of a truth in it. So, it, I mean, 
though from the way the story does start is a bit now weird to comprehend or how the situation has now unfolded. Like you basically force the teenage boy to get into your car. Yeah. And to, <laughs> uh, eventually profit off of his name, his his likeness for three hundred million and don't give him a penny. Like that is a yeah. crazy story. Yeah, it's like uh you know, if you force a, a young teenage boy in your car now, I, I would say that would probably be illegal and somebody's getting arrested, you know. <laughs> yeah, man, this is, this is not a good – the way the story's unfolding now is not great. It's no, not it's not. And hopefully they get – hopefully he gets something out of it and, and moves on. Do uh, you have any other thing you'd like to talk about here? Any other topics? Um. I think we got to everything. I'm, I'm pretty excited. Like I said, like we was talking about earlier, to watch the, uh, the Bengals and the uh, Falcons game. I'm hoping that you guys put your starters in because, like I, like I said, with my team, the Cowboys, for some reason, we don't play our, our any of our starters in preseason. I, I hate that. I think guys has to at least take one hit. Before the season started, like you know, you can't have your first live action in the, against a, another team. You know, the first week of the season. So I'm I'm mainly looking forward to uh, Bengals and Falcons preseason game tonight. Still there? Yeah, I'm still here. Oh, okay, you want to give your Twitter or your X handle out? Uh, yeah, you can follow follow me. But Gene fifty three, L E G E N fifty three. Um, you know, give me a follow. We can talk about sports. We can be yelling from the couch. You know, we can, you know, do a lot. All right, Gene. I appreciate you coming on and uh, fighting through these technical difficulties that we had. Uh, maybe next time when we record, it'll be a little bit more smoother than it was today. Oh yeah, I mean, I still had a great time. You know, anytime we're talking about sports, you know. You can't have, you can't, you know, not have a good time. Oh yeah, me too. And uh, next week, you know, uh, we could start previewing some Week Zero games in college football. <laughs> I can't wait for that. All right, man. Well, we'll see you next time on Yelling from the Couch. Oh, thank you.